0: The ladies have the special. Months ago, Brother Nikki Barnett uh, called me, and, uh, or we was on Facebook one, I forget, and uh, hollered at each other, and and uh, just a quick connection, and he can tie, tie up all the loose ends. What God is doing now uh, with him. Uh, when we first sent Brother Joel to Belize, Brother Nikki and Miss Beverly Barnett, they were all they were already there. Uh, they were sent out as missionaries to Belize uh, from El Dorado and Brother Joel was their pastor. And uh, and then we sent out Brother Joel, and they had a time of overlap there. And then Brother Nikki came off the field and became pastor of Eldorada, uh Missionary Baptist Church. And, uh, and then the Lord has since moved him to Alabama. And uh, he'll bring you up to speed with uh, where he's at now. Uh, this morning he was at uh, Trinity uh, Baptist Church in West Memphis. He used to be the pastor there. And uh, so, it's getting to come around. Have you ever been to Promised Land? No, it's the first time. All right. Okay, well, come right on, Brother me. Good evening. It's good to be with you.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I don't know how the preaching part's going to go. My voice, my throat has been in a mess. But I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, and I want to read verses 1 through 16. <coughs> I may not be able to just get after it like I usually do for fear of losing my voice but at least we'll learn this as we go through it Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 16 I want you to look just for the next few minutes about shining as lights in a dark world Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 16 If there be therefore any consolation in Christ If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus.' who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. When you look at verse 16, the Bible says, and it commands us, to hold forth the word of life. And since we are sons of God in the redemptive sense, and since we are heavenly people, we are to shine as lights in a dark world. In Proverbs chapter 4 and in verse 18, the wise man Solomon said this concerning us shining as lights in this dark world and how that it is a witness in this world. It says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more Unto the perfect day. And we have this large responsibility of being a witness for our Lord and our Savior in the entire world. Someone has said that you're in a church, you're either going or sending, or you're being disobedient. And the reason for that is, folk, our responsibility as children of God is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, I know that begins here, and that's one of the things I hear all the time. Well, I think we ought to start at home. Well, folks, we have started at home, amen? But we need to go into all the world, and, and we have no excuse. To give excuses is not an excuse to the command that God has given us to go into all the world. We have this large responsibility of being a witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a lighthouse, as the lamp placed in a window, so that all might see. And the kind of light that we're lighting our world with is very important. And believe me, Promised Land has a testimony in this community. It may be a good one, it may be a bad one. However you're living your life, and if you're following the command as given in the Word of God, it will be a good light. It will be a good testimony. But everybody in in the community knows exactly what kind of light you're lighting your world with. Now, I don't believe we'll ever be able to win the whole world, but each and every one of us can make a difference in somebody's life starting right here at home and then finding our place to help others shine their light in the world that God has given us with this responsibility uh, to be lights in a dark world. Now, I want to try to answer the question tonight uh, uh, with the text that I've given you in Philippians chapter 2. Where are we to shine? How are we to shine? And why are we to shine? First of all... Where are we to shine? We're to shine in the world. We've already talked about that. In this inhabited world, in the whole world when possible, and that is through missions. And then in our little world around us. Folks, one of the greatest mission fields of the world today is the American home, right where you live. So I get tickled at folks and say, well, I I really don't know what God's will is for my life. What does God put right in front of you every day? When you get up in the morning you say, well, I wonder what God's got, got for me to do today. And your wife walks through the, the kitchen and you bite her head off and the kids walk through on the other side running around and hollering for money and wanting to go here and wanting to go there and you bite their heads off. Have you ever stopped to considered God might want you to shine your light in your home in a little bit different way than you do? You know, it's amazing we try to figure out the big things God wants us to do when it's the little thing right in front of us that God says is where I want you to shine. So in our world, in our little world, God wants us to shine. In the world actually means, in this verse, actually means in this present evil age. It is the same word that's used in John chapter 17. And verses 14 through 18, he says, "...I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth." As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And the Bible teaches us in our world, in this present evil age, we're to shine. Now, it's pretty easy to shine on Sunday morning with other Christians. But, folks, this is talking about where we work, where we play, where we go to school, uh, the activities that we do during the day, out in the present evil age, we are to shine as children of God. I've been asked over the course of my ministry, what's the best evangelism program? I'll tell you the best one is exactly the one the Bible gives, and that is, as you are going... As you are doing, as you are participating in life, God is at work. Find out where He's working. Look at what's right in front of you and be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are to shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. The word crooked comes from a word that we get our word scoliosis from. The Bible says in a perverse generation... And today in this world that we're living in, on every hand there is an appalling ignorance of God and of spiritual things. And folk, it's our responsibility not to shut up, but to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. God's indictment against the human race is still in Romans chapter 1. And if we are not doing our job, the darkness is going to get darker, and the things that we gripe about, we're going to find, we're going to have more to gripe about. And the problem is, we need to be speaking up while we're in this world for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll notice in Matthew chapter 5, (coughs) pardon me, verses 14 and 15, he says, put your light in the window. Now, folks, that's public. Amen? Oh, excuse me, that's private. That's that everybody in the house may see. So we're to shine privately. And then he says, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. That's public. So he covers all the areas where we're to shine. Now, number two, how are we to shine? How often our lights are ineffective because the wick needs attention and is obscured because the glass is smoky. Now, looking around, a lot of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about wicks and globes. On an old kerosene lantern, if that wick wasn't trimmed, it would smoke, and when it smoked, it smoked up the globe, and the globe had to be clean in order for the light to shine. Well, folk, I'm here to tell you that a lot of God's churches need their wick trimmed and their globes clean so that the light would shine more effectively in the world around them. Now, I want you to notice God gives us instruction in Philippians chapter 2, not only Where are we to shine, but how we're to shine? In verses 14 through 16, first of all in verse 14, not by murmuring, muttering, indignant, complaining. There ought to be another commandment that says, Thou shalt not complain. Sometimes I take people on mission trips. And I've had mission teams come over where we were. One time we had 45. Can you imagine 45 people moving them around logistics were crazy. By the time those that week was over with, I told them, I said, I don't want to hear no more complaining. You take them to the best the best restaurant in a village. They got to eat guittio. And they said, I wouldn't feed this to my dog. I said, fine, don't. You won't get much to eat right here. Have you ever noticed that folk look for areas to complain about? When shutting up would be a whole lot better. Somebody gave an old gave me an old cowboy proverb that I love. Don't ever miss the opportunity to shut up. Folk need to quit complaining. There are things that we don't need to complain about. People are dying and going to hell, and we need to quit complaining about things that are unnecessary to complain about. When you can learn to serve God, like I've seen some folks serve God without complaining and just live from day to day and hope you get there, you'll find out there's some things more important than your little world. Paul said, not by murmuring, not by complaining. Then he said, not by disputing, by going around and creating dissatisfaction, by unwise talk and gossip. Disputing is murmuring set loose. It is the infecting of others with a careless talk. It is what Paul talked about in Galatians 5. Verses 14 and 15, he said there was biting and devouring of one another going on, and it ought not be mentioned in among God's people. Folk, if we're going to have an effective witness, if we're going to shine the way God wants us to shine, we ought to stop murmuring, we ought to stop disputing. And verse 15 says, "...by being blameless, being free from blame, so that no one is able to bring accusation against us, live like Daniel." And when you do find yourself in error, and you find yourself doing something wrong, quickly... Reconcile that thing with a brother and sister, or quickly learn how to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes it'd be good folk if we'd just learned to say, I was a jerk, I'm sorry, forgive me. Amen? I'll amen it if y'all don't. Verse fifteen, by being harmless. Now I think Paul gave us this instruction on how to be a witness. He gave it to Timothy. That's been passed on to all of us, and we need to be reminded of it from time to time. In Second Timothy chapter 2 and um, verses 24 through 26, look at what Paul said. "...And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, all men apt to teach." and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Here we're giving the attitude and the behavior of the individual that is to be a witness, an effective witness for the cause of Christ. He says, by being harmless. Verse 15, he says, by being without rebuke. The idea here is of living in such a way that we do not have to be checked, corrected, or chastened by the Lord because of carelessness or because of failure to judge ourselves. And then on a positive sense, he says in verse 16, by holding forth the word of life. Folk, I believe with all of my heart that we would be in total darkness if it were not for the Word of God in our lives. I've asked people this question, and I've been kind of amazed at the response. Can you tell me any truth in this world that we did not get from God? You know, when Pilate had Jesus before him and Jesus said, talked about truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? Do you think he was asking that for Jesus to tell him? No, he had struggled with it. Philosophers had struggled with it. Men had thought about it for centuries. And Jesus said, I'm here to manifest truth. Folks, you know what that tells me? If people don't know Jesus... If they don't know the Bible, if they don't know the God of the Bible, if they don't know the principles of the Bible, they don't know truth. It's our responsibility to hold forth the Word of Life, verse sixteen, by living in light of the day of Christ. When we live in light of the future judgment, we will be, we will live and labor with a solemn thought of reward and loss. Jesus is coming back. We need to remember that. We need, we need to understand that at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be judged as to how we have run the race. And the Bible here gives us very clear instruction on how we are to shine. And then finally, why are we to shine? And it's simple, that God the Father might be glorified. The command to witness throughout the world has a basic foundation intention, And that is that God might be glorified. Look at it in Genesis. Look at it in Exodus. Look at it throughout the Bible. Look at it in the New Testament. That all men may know the one and true living God. That he might be glorified, that he might be magnified, that he might be preached above all other gods, that he might be worshiped above all other gods. The Bible says in Matthew 5 and verse 16, Let your good works, let your light so shine before men that men may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, We are to shine that God the Father might be glorified and that the Lord Jesus may be magnified. Jesus is being made a little thing today in our society, folk, and it frustrates me and angers me that we are not doing our best to make Him as big as He really is. Don't tell me I can't say anything about Jesus. I need to be preaching Jesus Christ. I need to make him as big as he is because the world, the devil, and the flesh are trying to make him a little thing. In society today, you can say anything about uh, Mohammed in the sense that uh, of, of glorifying him or Islam or Buddha. All the strings are, and the attachments are pulled away, but you can't say anything about Jesus. Why? Because we've shut up at the wrong place, and we need to make him as big as he really is. Make him as big as as the Bible says he is. Somebody says, "You Christians, you you got to have Jesus. He's just he's just your crutch, folk. He's more than my crutch. He's the he's the operating room. He's the physician, the surgeon. He's the paddy wagon. He's the stretcher. He's everything." And we need to make Him that in our lives. Then, not only that God might be glorified, Jesus might be magnified, but that we might be lost sight of. You know, the lamp that we've spoken about in Matthew chapter 5, the lamp does not attract light. It's the light that attracts the light. We are just the instrument. We need to put ourselves in a place, in a position to where God can use us to light the world with Jesus Christ. Then we need to shine. Why? Because sinners need to be saved. I. When you look at the Great Commission, I'm going to close. When you look at the Great Commission, <coughs> Pardon me. You ever notice there? If you read the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them, teaching them. If you read it right, it's telling you if you go, you'll have success. People will be saved. Do you know that there's people in the darkest parts of Thailand and in Myanmar that's waiting for the truth? You can talk about any missionary, not just this one, but anyone that's ever done much work in the jungles and in villages. And they'll have a story of their own. I have my own. As I trekked up a mountain in northwestern Myanmar, invited there by the village leader, the first white man, they said, he won't come, he don't love us enough. Well, I'd have gone there then if I'd have died. Trekking up that mountain thinking I was going to die before I got to where this village was. And then preaching and telling them about Jesus. And the village leader stopped me in the middle of my message. And he looked at the translator. This was in a Lahu village. And I asked the translator what he said. He said, he said, I've been waiting for this for years. He found freedom. He found forgiveness. He found relief from all the religion that he had been practicing in his life. He had heard the specific revelation of Jesus Christ, and the truth rang out, and the Holy Spirit moved, and that man was saved. I believe, folk, if we go, God will bless. He'll not only bless with soul saved, but here's what I believe. If God commands us to do something, He's going to provide for us to do it. We We just didn't make ourselves an instrument through which He can work, either the sending or the going, and just simply submit and surrender and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Whatever part I need to play, Lord, you send me. And I believe in doing that God will show us what he can do in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, and throughout the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you.